Welcome to the Bobcast episode 20, our first and curiously last episode of 2021, maybe. I'm Stephen Day, expert in wee golf as long as it's the classic resort and there is no wind or water. Thankfully for all the golf fans in the real world, I'm joined by my golf savvy colleagues Fiona Scott and Keith McIntyre. Hello everybody. Hello Stevie. Morning Stevie. Morning Fiona. Isn't it nice to be Hi. back? It's it been is. a while. Yeah, it has been a while. It has been a while. Well, that's what happens when they have a break in the golf tour, I suppose. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah, I know. We're kind of going to amalgamate the Bobcast into a sports podcast at some point, so we're going to cover all other sports, but we thought we'd do a wee roundup of some of what has gone before and a wee celebration of Bob's achievements for the 18 months we have been on air. Keith, it's been a truly amazing 18 months for Bob, breaking through to where he is now. I mean, give us an overview. Go on, Keith. I'll give you an overview. Um, well, it, it's been remarkable. I mean, I go right back to... Um, when I had a conversation with George Graham way back in the in the mists of time, where George, who I think we all know has been uh, prone to telling the odd tall tale, announced that you know the world number five amateur golfer played up at Glen Cruton, and I just dismissed it as George with a couple of beers and I'm talking nonsense. Um, and then suddenly you discover this young lad breaking through on the professional circuit, um, and. Guys like that, I'm not disparaging any professional golfer who doesn't make it on the Pro Tour, but guys like that quite often come and go. They have a few good tournaments and then you, you, you know, they make a career, but you never hear of themselves again. And when Bob broke through, there was every chance that that might happen. But I can still remember the Sunday afternoon um, when he was playing in the, I think it was the British Masters, um, and suddenly he finished birdie eagle to put himself in joint lead on a Sunday afternoon. And I was frantically phoning Susan, the editor, saying, you guys have got to get on this, you need to cover it. And a poor Cathy phoned me up on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, and it was a beautiful day. I was sitting out the back with a, a couple of beers and a glass of wine, and I was having to try and talk her through why this was really important and what it actually meant that he finished birdie eagle. And Cathy... God bless her, didn't have a clue what I was talking about. And from that moment on, that was back in May 2019, I think. And from that moment on, he's just followed up. And I mean, we all know what he, what he did, um, uh, you know, in 2019, becoming Rookie of the Year. Uh, but, you know, highlights sixth place in the Open, which is, you know, astonishing. Um, you know, it finished 11th in the race to Dubai, I think three second place finishes. So crowned rookie of the year. There's always that concern after that first year that you just don't know how they're gonna, you know, anyone's gonna kick in. Lots of people have been for every success at rookie of the year, there's been people who've not followed it up. And I think, you know, if we're being honest, the start of 2020 with the pandemic, his wrist injury, all the rest of it, it looked like there was a chance that Bob might go that way. Um, Clearly, we now know he was struggling with his mental health during uh, during lockdown. But you know, he bounced back, and suddenly he's got his maiden tour victory, has a, a stellar end to the season, and has started superbly this year. World number forty three. In the space of eighteen months, he's gone from outside the top two hundred in the world to world number forty three, and keeping going. I mean, it's just an incredible rise to to stardom above, you know, best left-hander in the world, 
uh, above Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson. It's the stuff of you know boyhood fantasies for any golfer, girlhood fantasies for any, for any uh, lady golfer. It's just incredible stuff. But he hasn't let it go to his head. That's what I would say. Since we started this sort of 18 months ago, we've always talked about how level-headed he's been, how nice he's been to people on the tour. And you always hear about how, from top golfers, what a great bloke he is. And that surely tells us an awful lot about the man himself. I had uh, I got a, the chance to have a chat with him last Monday. He was doing his uh, pre-US press conference and we spoke about that quite in depth in that and he said himself he says he knows he has to change as a golfer because he has to keep improving and he knows that there's things he's got to change but as far as he goes his cell he says he will never change he still loves to drive his cell home when he's been away abroad and have a bag of sweeties on the way back he, he, want, he uses Deliveroo he's speaking about uh, getting the number for Deliveroo when he's out in America you know, he knows he knows he doesn't fit the profile of a elite sports person, but he's quite happy with himself in that. You know, uh, so so yeah, he's he just grounded, doesn't he? It just seems very, he's got a very very good grounding, and I think when you hear, you know, when he was when he was doing really well in Dubai, and they were talking to uh, Patrick Harrington, who's the Ryder Cup captain. Uh, and then interviewing Paul Casey, everybody speaks so highly of him, not just as a golfer, but as being great to play golf with and just being a thoroughly decent human being. And, and I mean, that's probably the proudest achievement because, you know, that level of fame and money can change people and it hasn't done so. No, no. And I, it's quite it's quite believable that he won't change. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I won't change. And then they go ahead and do so. But, you know, when you're speaking to Bob, you just know he's not going to change. He's just going to be that down to earth guy that he is. I wonder if those people who can see the podcast, the, uh, the Bobcast, you've just my cat just walked across the screen. So if those strange noises came through the microphone, Keith, I apologise. I saw that just, I mean, I thought, what on earth is that? <laughs> he makes an appearance every now and again. And, and I, all that was going through my head, because I wasn't watching your screen, is I wonder if Bob will bring Deliveroo to Oban. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what the reach is. He certainly gave them a good uh, plug on, on Monday anyway. I think that's going to be his first task when he gets out there, is find out uh, the number for Deliveroo. Other deliver. Other delivery <laughs> options are also available. We should maybe add it. Yeah, but not, but not in Oban. <laughs> not in Oban. Keith, I think maybe maybe you should start a, a wee delivery service in Oban. Maybe you could fulfil Bob's well, requirements when he's here. Since I'm about 110 miles away, it might be cold by the time it gets there. Fair enough. He, he is. He, d- he did also say, uh, just in his defence, that he's, he's got his new flat. Uh, it's getting done up for him while he's away. He's going to put a wee gym in it. So he is going to try and work a wee bit on his, his you know, physical well-being. Uh, a wee bag of sweeties next to the treadmill. A wee bag of sweeties, yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. not normally what you do? Or have I got the wrong <laughs> end of the stick? <laughs> when we started back in whenever it was we started, we were uh, we were rookies ourselves. I don't think we ever got podcast rookie of the year. But our very <laughs> own um, David McPhee had a wee interview with Bob way, way back then. So I thought, just for old time's sake, shall we play a section of it? I have not. Okay. Yes. Hi, it's been... 
it's been better than I ever thought it would yeah. it would be in my first season. It's, I set goals out and I knocked them out by I mean thirteen events I think it took me to finish. I'd get two second places, so it was something that um once I done that it was just sky's the limit, let's see how far we can go here and the season overall, I mean I couldn't have couldn't have dreamed of being in the position I am now. Do you think that helped you then, having that kind of your goals out the way? Aye, so I'd secured my card after really the British Masters, which mm-hmm. gave me freedom. I wasn't worried about trying to have a playing rights for next year. It was just about going out, trying to win golf tournaments, trying to get as high up in the world rank as I yeah. could. And then, so you just reset goals um, almost every week. I've, I was having to reset them because I, I felt like I was knocking them out of the park every week. But no, it's been... It's been unbelievable. What was it like getting Rookie of the Year then? Aye, so that came... I didn't really know about it until... Well, I always knew about it, but I didn't know I was close until yeah. after... Probably Denmark. Um, and then we set out to, to try and win the Rookie of the Year. That's where I probably played so many events. Um, it was just about trying to keep the points points going. and To get that, I mean, there's only... You can only challenge for that once in your life, so... To be crowned that, it's something that... I'll remember forever and something that'll never be taken away from me. I mean, that's up there with the Open. Aye. And I'll never forget the part that I hold on 18 at the Open and the roar that went up, not just from my family, but from, I mean, the crowd around the 18th, the weather was starting to come in. It was I think just, the whole Open roared up. It was one of them ones that you dream of playing in the... I've, I've stood and watched Opens, I've stood and watched Scottish Opens, that event, the final event in Dubai, I've sat and watched it on TV and it's it's not until I've played them I've gone wow you've actually you're, you're competing at the top level of golf such a big sport in Oban because people are now travelling to Dubai yeah. and Turkey and things like that to watch you from here yeah no it's been good I mean the whole town is pretty much behind me um, and that's I think that's what you need to for someone to achieve to achieve what you want to achieve there needs to be support whether it's financial, emotional, whatever support, you need it all. Um, the club's been great, the whole town's been great, but then it's not just the town, it's the whole country. I mean, the support, my social media, Twitter especially, has been, I get messages like my week's off. Um, I've, I've had letters sent to the, the golf course, which oh for me, it's been, I mean, I never thought I could make, I never thought playing a sport that I love, doing what I love, would have an impact on other people the way it has. That's inspiring to see. Aye, it's something that, I mean, I try and reply to everyone. I just, it's the way I am. If someone says hello to me in the street, I'll say hello back. It's it's just who I am. I think there's a pet cast coming up here that I've just, you know, it's just... um, I was waiting on Stevie bringing the goldfish out. Oh, dear. So there you go, vintage archive Bob there, and of course our own wee David McPhee. I've learned something from this, from doing podcasts. I maybe learnt it, but not put it into practice. I've maybe learnt to put down questions, but word them appropriately. So, rereading my little script here, I've rewritten it. What has really changed in the world of golf in the last eighteen months? Well, never mind the last 18 months. Um, I think there's been a, a, a huge change in the last uh, 24, 48 hours with the news of Tiger Woods uh, being involved in the car crash because it's 
you know, thankfully he, he sounds like he's okay, but it's very difficult to see how he can recover uh, from that. And, you know, if Tiger Woods is unable to play golf at the top level again, that, that's the end of an era in golf, and that's happened in the last 24, 48 hours. So it's very, very sad. Um, so, you know, not that you'll ever hear this, but you've, you can only wish him well in, in his recovery. Um, the biggest change in the last 18 months is probably uh, down to uh, Bryson DeChambeau, the, the mad scientist, trying to knock spots off the golf ball and hit it 300 miles uh, and totally changing the way the golf has, uh, has been played. Um, you know, the distances golfers are now hitting the golf ball uh, is, I mean, it, it's ridiculous, um, you know, and... and you know, it's taken a degree of skill out of the game, and obviously the, the authorities are trying to uh, counteract that by talking about changes to equipment and changes to golf balls and things like that. So that's been the biggest talking point over the last eighteen months. And you know, even somebody like Bob, who has added you know thirty yards to his driving distances in the eighteen months we've been talking about this. So it, it, the strength and the ability to smash the ball huge distances has been the biggest thing that's happened in the last 18 months and does that go for the amateur game as well although well, obviously in the last 18 months it's been difficult to play the amateur game <laughs> to a certain extent stevie i mean i can hit the ball as far now and i'm coming up for 60 as i could when i was 30 now that's not because i'm some finely tuned athlete because anybody that's seen me will know that that's far from the truth um, but equipment has become so so forgiving uh, that even you know my bad shots uh, go as far as what my, the good shots used to go. So it, it has it seeped into the amateur game, but it doesn't have the impact on the amateur game the way it does have in the sport. I mean, amateur golf is supposed to be for fun. So if I can hit the ball the same distance at nearly sixty as I could when I was thirty, that's great. I mean, that's inclusive. Uh, I think that's wonderful, but I'm not playing for, you know, what are they playing for this week? $8 million prize pot or $10 million prize pot. Um, so something needs to be done about it, I think. Fiona, what do you think's changed most over the last 18 months? Well, from our point of view, and very domestically, you know, since COVID came, a lot more focus on the Scottish golf app, you know, as as one one example of that, just things to make it easier for for golfers to register themselves and register their handicaps and and whatnot. Um, you know, like everything else in the world, we're all turning to technology more and more, and this has been a good chance to bring it in for for golf and to let people see how well it works and how easy it can make your life. So. So that's been a good thing. And the handicap changes as well, which we'll maybe talk about a wee bit more later on. But, uh, you know, you can now have a... Oh, I've forgotten the number. Is it 54? 54 is a maximum, yeah. 54 maximum handicap. Uh, so it gives uh, more players of all ages and abilities a chance to, to get out there and work in a handicap and then try and improve it, so... It's all good things domestically. Yeah, and I think that you know the, the the big change for golf clubs has been the huge influx of new members during during the pandemic, with people having time on their hands. The fact that you're not allowed visitors on golf 
courses at the moment means that you, if you want to play golf, you've got to join a club. So golf clubs are ironically, despite all the restrictions, in a far healthier place than they were. Uh, pre-COVID. Whether that will continue after restrictions are lifted, it's difficult to say, but it's been a bit of a, a golden time for golf clubs, which is great. Yeah, I definitely think it'll it'll drop a wee bit, but it'll, it'll stay higher than it was before the, the yeah. COVID started. So, so golf has benefited, you know, yeah, from definitely. the last 18 months. Now, let's imagine that I haven't learned anything over the last 18 months. Difficult, I know. <laughs> but let's go back. The handicap change. Could we, could we, for the everyday Stevie listener, explain what the handicap is and what the changes are and why it no. matters? Stevie, I'm just going to say no right away. <laughs> and the reason is you need, you'd need to be a Philadelphia lawyer and a rocket scientist to be able to work out how they, they came about. You could probably short-circuit it by saying that the your handicap now moves, it's, it's a rolling average of your best eight scores from your last, so I can't remember, 20 scores or something like that. Um, but it really is, you couldn't work it out yourself if you didn't have a spreadsheet. But in theory, it means every time you go out and play golf, you should be playing to have your handicap adjusted, whereas it tended to be just in com competition play that your handicap got adjusted. Um, and it's probably a fairer system, and it takes account of the difficulty of the course. If I'm a seven handicapper, so my seven handicap was a seven handicap, whether I played Carnoustie, which is acknowledged as one of the most difficult courses in the world, or my own course, which is a relatively straightforward course. But if I went to Carnoustie, they have what it's confusingly called a, a slope rating, which just means a difficulty rating. And so I might get, instead of getting seven shots on that course, because it's an excessively difficult course, I might get nine shots. Whereas if I went to a really easy course, I might, instead of getting seven, I might get five shots. So that's the theory behind it. And it gives everyone, everyone's playing off an equal, a level playing field. But how they got there was a nightmare for golf clubs, I have to say. Uh, and it's only just settling down now. This will be the first full season uh, where people are using it. So we'll wait and see. A wee birdie tells me, no pun intended, you've got a wee bet on, uh, and George has got a wee bet on, Keith. What, what would that possibly be? That would be on a certain Robert McIntyre in the World Golf Championship event today, uh, which starts, I'm not quite well, they're poor Florida, about five hours behind us or something like that. So probably it'll be teeing off somewhere middle of the afternoon, our time. Um, which is a huge tournament. Um, and I'm a bit miffed because I got Bob at 90 to 1, and George is claiming that he got him at 250 to 1. So I'm a bit, a bit hacked off that I didn't go on him at 250 to 1. Um, but this is a huge tournament and the start of a, a run of potentially life changing tournaments um, over the next uh, five to seven weeks. Hopefully, if he does well in these tournaments, we'll get him in the Masters, or we'll get him in the Masters. He'll get himself in the Masters at the beginning of April, which would just be incredible. He just needs to stay in the world's top 50 to the end of March, and he's got every chance of doing that. And then beyond that, once you've once you've won all your money today, mm -hmm. what's he going to... Where's he going to end up by the end of the year? Crystal ball time. Oh, you're talking about his world ranking position? Yeah. 
Are you going to write this down, Stevie, or are we just going to guess? I think we're just going to guess. I mean, we are recording it after all. It's not as if we can't go back and... <laughs> I would say by the end of this year, Bob's going to be in the top 20 in the world. Well, I was going to say 26. Hey, uh, come on, Stevie, what are you saying? I'm going to say 18. You guys were very specific. I've got anywhere in the top 20 and then I'll win the money. So, well, there's, there's money? Oh, right. Sorry. I hadn't realised that. <laughs> All right. I, I'll go 19 in the world. There you go. Ooh. Okay. Listen to this space. Uh. Right. Well, I've learned so much over the last 18 months that you guys are going to uh, test me on that theory. So, it's um, right. instead of silly questions, Asked by me, it's Stevie being asked questions. Do you want to go first then, Fiona? Go first. Of course, I've got the last five here. So, uh, but no, no, that's fine. I'll go first. <laughs> uh, right, Stevie. Uh, name three local nine-hole golf courses. Uh, I would say yeah, Tenault. Craig well, Newer and oh, um, Seal. <laughs> See, <laughs> did I get it right? You seal of approval. <laughs> that, that's enough. Yeah, well done, Stevie. Uh, I'm glad you've been listening to my uh, my updates, my challenge updates. I, I swithered about Dalmali, but it is a nine a nine hole, isn't it? It is a nine hole. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh well, that, that's one point for me. That's enough. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, what's the next one? If you were to take up the game, Stevie, how would you dress? Now I've made the mistake here of putting John Daly or Adam Scott. You'll probably not have any idea who they are. I, do you know? Do you know? I I I had I have no idea, and I didn't Google it. So I'm I'm Can, going to say colourful and jazzy, or or smooth and sophisticated. Oh well, that helps with the names. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for uh, family ties. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. <laughs> Am I right? I could see you in a pair of uh, really really nice uh, multicoloured slacks, Stevie, like John Daly. I actually, I actually thought he'd go for the colour mashup. I thought he'd be a John Daly. <laughs> so, but, 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 knowing, knowing neither of them, I decided to go for. I decided to go for a family name. Just, just on the off chance. I'll have to Google him after this podcast. I certainly uh, will. Uh, right. So. If someone marked a double bogey on your card, would you book more lessons, celebrate, or get your hanky out? I would book more lessons. Thank you, Wee Golf. <laughs> Have you been Googling? No, but I play enough Wee Golf and you can guess which end I get. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the right answer. Surely you would celebrate if you got a double eagle? No, I changed it. I went back on that. We cut the double eagle out, Keith. It was a double bogey. It was supposed to be. Well, double eagle, I know I'd be celebrating. Yeah. Yes? All right, okay. I'm uh, looking at an old drawing order here. Yeah. Okay, so if or when Bob wins the US Masters in April, what colour of jacket will he be wearing? I'm really struggling with this one. And I've, I've got yellow and I've got green in my brain. But I know one of them is to do with cycling. Or maybe both of them are to do with cycling. So I'm going to go for <laughs> yellow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
So, so Bob's now in the Tour de France. Oh, <laughs> right. OK, well, I, I wish him every success in that. Oh, we're, we're really going to have to take you in for a lesson, uh, Stevie. <laughs> here. It's, it's the famous green jacket. Oops. Um, so, so that's fine. So the, the next one. Uh, now, this will be a hard one because this hasn't <clears> been mentioned a lot at all. So uh, when it's Fiona Scott's bir- birthday this year, or when is Fiona Scott's birthday this year, and how old will she be? I think I think it's June. And I think you are aiming for the same handicap, and it's 53. Oh, well done, Stevie. Yay. I did listen. <laughs> I think the entire world knows that, Fiona, you've been banging on about it so much. I've just mentioned it a couple of times, Keith. How dare you? Right, you, you can have a shot now with some more sophisticated questions. Well, I don't know, more sophisticated, but... Um, this is a general interest question, Stevie. You started off with no interest in golf whatsoever. Are you actually up now watching the US golf at midnight and one o'clock in the morning or are you doing other things? I'm not. I'm doing other things. However, what I would say is that I take much more of an interest when maybe the telly says, and now golf, instead of wandering away and seeing something else because I want to see what Bob's up to. I have also should say that I inspired my sister through this podcast not only to listen to this podcast, because she is my sister and she's very supportive, but she actually has been following Bob and his progress all the way down in London. So she is our listener? She's one of our listeners. Well, that's good. So we've converted you slightly. Slightly, yeah. Okay, well, now that you're a golf expert, a self-confessed golf expert, can you tell me if I handed you a niblick and a spoon what you would do with it? Spoon, obviously, for my strawberries. No, um, I seem to recall that the niblick has something to do with bunkers. So I guess that if I were ever playing golf and I'd spend all my time in bunkers, I'd be digging myself out of that. And the spoon, I think it's some kind of driver thing. You really need to get better answer on these questions, Stevie. If you'd have just said they're both golf clubs, that would have covered everything. Oh, I, I thought you were looking for more specifics. <laughs> because we, we sure. did, I know the difference between them. We did discuss them. Yes. Okay, uh, another, I've got another question. Do you know the difference between the majors, the World Golf Championships, and the Rolex Series events? No. Right, okay, we'll gloss over that because I can't be bothered actually explaining that to you, Stevie. You have not been paying attention during this 18 months. They're all golfing competitions. There there are three tiers, three top tiers. You have majors, you have World Golf Championships, and then Rolex Series events are the three tiers in sort of descending order. I must do better. And then you have ordinary events after that. Okay. Okay. And just... I actually had the Fiona Scott birthday question in there as well, because I thought if Fiona doesn't ask it, someone's going to have to ask it. Um, But one question that I think our listener or listeners are obviously all asking is, other than the restraining order that we took out, what has happened to George Graham? Do you know, it's funny, I haven't seen him for months. Has anyone checked on him? I, I get abusive texts on a Friday night, so I think he's still alive. Oh, from George? Yeah, from George. Oh, okay. Well, Just I get checking. abusive texts on a Friday night generally, but you know, most of them come from George. 
I think I think George is is busy propping up our our little empire here oh. that allows us to do the podcasts. I think that's what he's up to. Yes, the, the sad, sadly missed George Graham. Just knocking the wall, George, Stevie, because I know he's through the wall from me. You could send him an abusive text and get him to gate crash. <laughs> As if on cue, my phone just pinged, so that's probably an abusive text from George. Now, although we're we're not continuing Bobcast in this form, Fiona's golfing challenge will continue. So we're not letting you off the hook. Fiona, what are your plans for this year? Well, they've uh, kind of they keep getting scuppered. It's either weather or COVID or whatnot. But I'm still I'm still on course, hopefully to get my 53 handicap by the time I'm 53. So I'm waiting to hear back from uh, golf professional Heather McRae, who I was going to be meeting up with in Tunnel at the back end of last year, but um, weather scuppered that one. So we're trying to arrange she's going to come back up again and offer lessons not not just to be to anybody that that wants help with their golf of any age down at Tinal so I'll get something arranged with her and hopefully she can sort out my many issues uh, and then we're off to Tobermory Golf Club with club captain Donald McLean and that that was another one that got put off at the tail end of last year so so that's something we've still got to do and join a club. So come uh, April, I'll be looking to, to join a club and that's when I'll I'll start working on my handicap. Yes, uh, um, while, while you're both here, I thought I thought another little challenge, challenge within a challenge was, was due here. So Stevie, how, how do you feel about a, a pro-am with, with George and Keith at some point? Is there a, a level before am? Um. <laughs> <laughs> again, is this we golf or is this actual the the actual the, physical? This sticks? is actual golf. Nine nine holes course course of our choice. One of the nine nine hole ones, but but yeah, just thought it'd be a nice idea to put our money where our mouths are and and have a shot, and it'd be a wee bit practice for me. From the look of um, Keith's face, that was absolute horror. No, it's, it's uh, the the problem is now that I've just lied through my teeth and told you I'm a seven handicapper. I'm actually a thirty-seven handicapper, and that will be shown when we go out in the golf course. <laughs> no, I think that's a fantastic idea. It's a yeah. great idea. Let's Once we're it. allowed to travel and do all that, we'll get us out in a golf course and uh, and embarrass ourselves. How about it? I, yeah, I think we'll get we'll get a few uh, sound bites, Stevie. For for it won't be Bobcast, but it'll be. Sportscast of some description. It will. Whether whether my little snippets will be broadcastable, given my last round of golf, who knows? But I'm definitely up for that challenge, Pete. We'll, we'll get it broadcast on the comedy channel. <laughs> <laughs> in in the in the graveyard shift, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. well, one condition: can we make it when the weather's better? Oh, so, please, so me, please. Me early, me early June. Oh. In fact, we could have it early June, and then you could all bring my birthday presents. <laughs> Well, we'll need to rely on, uh, on on the first minister to announce the end of uh, travel restrictions. But <laughs> as, soon, as soon as that's done, let's get it on. I thought you were going to say we're going to have to rely on the first minister joining us for the event, and I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> it gets better and better. I'm sure there's uh, places she would uh, rather be than where she is at the moment. Maybe a <laughs> golf course is one of them. <laughs> you should make the offer, Keith. We'll leave that one in your capable hands. Okay, okay, dear Nicola. Well, that's it for uh, our Bobcast, guys. It's been it's been an event. 
and it's it's, it's been, been fun. It's, it's been terrific, Stevie. And if it hadn't been for your sort of drive and determination, it would never have happened. So thank you for that. Is that is that if it hadn't been for you yelling at us on a, <laughs> a yeah. weekly basis? <laughs> Bullying's the word we're looking for, Fiona, I think. Yeah, I wasn't was sure about mentioning that word, but you're allowed to, you're the boss. <laughs> and that's it for the Bobcast from the Open Times. We hope we have given you some fun and information through our run. We've certainly had a ball, no pun intended, bringing you the podcast. And of course, we'll still be cheering Bob on through the pages of the Open Times and the occasional sportscast. Thanks to everyone who has contributed and helped to make this podcast happen, both in front of the mic and behind the scenes, including, and I hope I haven't missed anyone out, Keith McIntyre, George Graham, Fiona Scott, Bob McIntyre, Martin Lang, Martin Stewart, Susan Windrum, Leslie McCarricker, David McPhee, Megan Day, Karen McClarty, Moira McVicker, Graham McEchney, Stephen Wilson, Barry Wenman, Robert Crookshanks, George McKenzie, Jacob Rawley, and of course, our listener and master question maker, Mr Alan Brown. We've got lots of other podcasts available through the Open Times, which you can find by going to www.opentimes.co.uk slash podcasts, and lots of them available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Stephen Day. And goodbye from me, Keith McIntyre. And goodbye from me, Fiona Scott. The Bobcast was presented by Stephen Day, Keith McIntyre and Fiona Scott. The editor was Stephen Day, and it was a YVEX Media production for The Open Times.